Okay, yeah, so now I'm recording. Um, yeah, so we deleted all of the us trying to do the things and failing, but um, what do you want to talk about today? Um, I, don't, I don't know. What do you want to talk about today? Well, maybe, maybe if I ask you, you'll think of something and then you can ask me again. Um, and I mean, maybe if I ask you, you can ask me to ask you again. Can I ask you to ask me to ask you to ask me to ask you to wait? What is going on? Yeah, I feel like at a certain point we've just <laughs> we lose the ability to, to go back to to the beginning. Um, There's no beginning if we don't begin somewhere. No, this is getting a little too meta for me. Um, what do you so? What do you want to talk about today? Let's talk about recursion. Okay, I feel we like hit the base pretty, case. Pretty What's huh? Basically? What is that? What do you? What's base case? Well, the base case is when you stop asking the question to yourself again and again and again. Um, like in computer science, if you have a recursive algorithm, the algorithm is posed a question essentially, and it essentially asks itself the same question but in like a smaller piece. Um, so maybe it adds something onto its answer or something, and then it also is incorporating the the just asking itself again to figure out the rest of the problem that it was given, and then. You know, for that not to go on infinitely and completely overload your computer with an infinite loop of algorithm, then you need to have something called a base case, which is when it stops, um, which is when you hit the smallest kind of problem that the computer has no choice but to answer with a very simple, simple answer. It's kind of a tricky thing to understand at first, but it's pretty cool. So basically you continue looping until you have something it within your program or within your code that tells you okay at this point if it uh you know at this point if it continues to loop this you know x number of times it'll stop well not exactly though because that's more like a for loop where you know you have like a for i you know some integer i from one to ten do this thing ten times the cool thing about recursion is it's less about a set number of times and more about breaking down your problem into smaller pieces until the problem itself that you're asking the algorithm to solve is so small that that's when it knows how to stop. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um. You were you were talking to me earlier about recursion, but you're you're talking to me and you're talking to me about it in uh, in the context of RNA folding. Did you want to? What, what was that about? What was that about? Yeah. So I was talking about um. One application of recursive algorithms to bioengineering, because obviously that is what I think is cool, and I don't really know too much about other computer science algorithms, but I think, or like other applications that are like websites or something, but I think biology is cool. It turns out you can apply algorithms to biology, um, and so one of those ways is in RNA folding. So you might remember from high school, you know, the mitochondria is a powerhouse of the cell, and also there's a nucleus, right? So you know how you have like DNA and it's double-stranded in the nucleus, like you know the double helix thing, right? Mm-hmm. That I right, so there's a double helix, and the double helix is two strands of DNA that are like, you know, like hydrogen bonded to each other, basically. So it's two strands, so it's double stranded. And usually, if you see a diagram of messenger RNA, right, which is what the DNA gets made into, and then taken out into the cytoplasm, out of the nucleus, and into the cell, um, that's typically single stranded, right? So that's mm -hmm. the RNA, and they're going to like make it into a protein, right? Sounds, sounds good. So, turns out, um, the RNA, it's single-stranded, but it still has that propensity to kind of 
have the base pairs like bond to each other, right? So like the A's with the T's and the C's with the G's are all going to kind of try to bond with each other, right? So it turns out that since it might be all alone by itself, like me when you're far away, but um, but it just like starts to um, to pair with itself essentially, and that actually affects um, what it does in the cell, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so it turns out that you can make a simple model of this with a kind of algorithm. And so the one we learned about in my computational biology class is called the Nusenov algorithm. And essentially it makes one big assumption, which makes the problem a ton easier. And the assumption it makes is essentially that you don't have any kind of crossover. Like if you have a loop, then you don't have any loop that like crosses from inside that loop to outside that loop, um, which we call the pseudo knot. But the idea is like, it's not a tangled mess. It's something that you can actually break up into smaller pieces. So if there's a bond somewhere, then you can just split the entire sequence right there, the entire RNA sequence, just split it, and then you can consider that part and everything else. And so does that kind of sound familiar in terms of the algorithms we've been talking about? Interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, so that that does sound a lot like you the computer science example you were giving, um, breaking things into smaller smaller parts and you know trying to approach the problem from kind of breaking it down um, yeah so exactly that's cool. yeah that's exactly right um, you're just breaking yeah. the ability like where is the rna going to fold back on itself and then you're predicting what it's going to do by just you know predicting until you have predicted like a single base and then you're like well i guess i that's the that's the end folks well so um, i guess my my question is like where does recursion where um what do what's the difference between recursion and, and simply looping? Um, because you can have something that happens over and over and over again, um, and that's just considered looping. But I feel like recursion means, you know, just means something different. It is something different because you're you're not just looping. Like looping would be like, you know, keep like you know like keep going down the string of of the RNA or something, like go along at one base at a time and do some function at each base or at each codon or like codon is three bases, right? So, Mm -hmm. but like you'd be kind of looping along the string, but this is fundamentally different than that in that this is breaking the entire problem down. And you remember, this is the important thing here. If you forget everything you did before, then recursion is kind of pointless, but you're supposed to remember what you did before. So you're supposed to remember like, okay, I base paired base 50 with base 100 I'm going to remember that, and now I'm going to go in and look at bases 51 through 99 and see how they might pair with each other. So it's like you're working your way inwards. You're, you're working your way, like, into these smaller and smaller buckets. But each bucket, like, you remember the larger bucket that's inside, if that makes sense. So, so there's built-in memory. Then when you there's trace it all the way back up, you can... Yeah? There's built, there's, there's built-in memory into the system. There's, well, there's kind of a context. Yeah. yeah, you have to keep track. It's like the like the Minotaur in the maze or whatever, where it's like, you know, you have like the little thread. It's not exactly like that, but it's kind of like that, where like you're kind of just going deeper and deeper into Meadowland, but then when you make your way back out, you've kept track of the route you took and you can kind of figure out all the answers to your problems, essentially. Okay. That reminds me actually quite a bit of... Um, it, it reminds me quite a bit of um, a, a topic in linguistics, um, there's the, there's the idea of a, what's known as a, a regular grammar. And basically, you can think of a, a grammar kind of as any set of rules that helps you derive 
sentences or strings of words in a, in a in a language. Um, and the idea is a regular grammar simply tacks on and in a, in a very binary way tacks on parts of speech and you can actually just form strings, but there's no memory involved. So it doesn't really take into account what's been added before. So in language, we don't use um, regular grammars. We use what, what are known as um, phrase uh, context-free phrase structure grammars or um that's you know, a mouthful sets, well yeah it's it's sets of it's sets of rules um basically that that are dependent on remembering what you've added before um i'm not explaining it very well right here but um it, it's kind of interesting to see that there's kind of like uh there's a similarity between bioengineering and linguistics in that sense of the use of recursion you base it on you know something is based on something that comes from before it and you remember what that is a thing is well, based on the thing based, recursion doesn't have to it's not recursion is more than that it's not just that it's based on something it's that um or like you're saying about the remember what you came before right so it's remembering what problems what like what answers you had to the problems that came before but then you know breaking it down into like but then you know coming back up with a string of memory but you have to have that base case so does language have that like the simplest case or or how does how does that work in language is it different from computer science algorithms? Well, the idea in language is you start off with um, the, the, you can break down sentences into into base parts um, into what are con called constituents, and so there there are groupings of words that um, can be you know you you can you can reasonably take apart and move around you know as the, and behave as a unit basically. Um, so that exists in language at least in in sentence structure and syntax. Um, but it's so interesting. You kind of build it up in bigger and bigger pieces out exactly. of the original smallest, like unit kind of blocks. Yeah, and if you're looking at what what um, what a lot of linguists consider a, a very useful framework um, that was born in the in the '90s from Noam Chomsky, um, it's called. Noam Chomsky called had Minimal. a child. He had a language child. Well, yeah. I'm so concerned. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so the idea is Chomsky um, takes uh, Ch Chomsky takes this whole like the previous ideas behind like you know syntax and kind of decides to kind of you know simplify it a bit, minimize certain aspects of it that didn't really make sense. Um, well, it's like Occam's Razor, right? Where it's like whatever's the most logical has to be like the truth. Well, yeah, and I mean there are still a lot of disagree. There's a lot of disagreement with which way is the correct way to think about you know sentence structure and language. But the cool thing that um, that the minimalist like approach takes is you have a bunch of you you start off with what's known as enumeration, and enumeration is basically like a set of all the words. Isn't in that a Python system. function? It is. Um, that's the cool thing. It's a lot of it's based on like a lot of syntax and computer science overlap. But the idea is you have an uh, you have a numerate enumeration. It's it's a set it's a set of all the words in a sentence. And through successive functions that are called merge and move, uh, you can create sentences. And so you build up, um, starting from the smallest unit, which is wor a word, a set of words, and you build together based on what uh, words can go together into constituents. And by building that up, as you get step by step, you get constituents added to constituents, added to constituents, and you get a sentence, but through functions. 
My mind is blown. I thought I'd just say sentences. Well, yeah. I mean, so the thing is, this is one way to model it. We don't know if this is actually how your brain processes sentences exactly. Um, but it's a, it's, a, it's a proposal for a model for how we build sentences. Yeah, I guess recursion is useful for modeling. I mean, with the RNA foldback thing, like, that's not, like, that's obviously not what cells do. They're obviously not like, let me consider the sums of the maximum scorings for these pairs of bases. They just sort of, the energetics just flow, you know? And then whatever happens to happen, happens. Yeah. I mean, that's the really cool thing about models. Plan things. They're they're not necessarily, you know, they're, they're, they're models. They're ways of thinking about, you know, how the real world actually works and they may not be representative of what actually happens but in the case of syntax there have been a lot of different models proposed for how we produce sentences and how we think about sentences and break them apart but it's interesting I mean, recursion... I... yeah sorry yeah i think the um the recursion model is like particularly elegant like i think recursion is like a very elegant way to do things because you're just like I don't know how to answer this question, but let me ask a smaller question. I think, like, breaking down a problem like that is, like, it seems so simple, but it's actually, like, it's, you know, it's deceptively simple because it's so effective, you know? And it's, I don't know, if I were to think about the coolest way to to guess at how sentences were constructed, I think recursion would be pretty cool. I mean, yeah, if recursion just means building on more and more pieces, it definitely explains, you know, those uh, those books we had to read in high school where the authors, if you know what I'm talking about, those books when the authors would just have like these long sentences and they would just like continue and continue and they'd build on more clauses and like, you, you know who right. you are, authors who I had to read in high school. That's the cool thing about recursion though. I think it also includes an element of um, self-referencing. So you don't just build on, build on what already exists, you build on using what already exists. Um, so in sentence structures, you have things um, which are known as adjuncts. Uh, an adjunct is a part of a sentence that isn't necessary for the, uh, you know, for the full meaning of the sentence. So um, uh, let me think of a good example. Okay, so the, a good example is I gave Mary a cookie yesterday. So yesterday gives you the context that the action is happening in the past, but you could just as easily say, I gave Mary the cookie. And yesterday is sort of implied. So there are parts of, sp- parts of uh, you know, constituents within, within sentences that can be added, can be removed, and you can kind of recurse on them. You can include as many adjuncts as you want. So you could say, I gave Mary the cookie yesterday at the store um, and it was raining. Well, and it was raining as a, con- as, as a conjunction, but but you get the idea. You can continue to add more and more onto you know onto it using the same. So, is there any kind of a language or a case where you couldn't add more? Um, recursion seems to only happen at the level of an adjunct. Um, I'm not sure that it really can happen anywhere else. You can ha- it can happen at the at the level of a, of a, of, a, of a clause. So you can say, um, Mary told John. Um, who Mary told John, who told um, Kate, um, who told you know. Sounds like Jane that rumor's that. really getting around um, and telling everyone. Exactly. Wow. Okay. I wonder. I wonder what that juicy gossip was that everyone was telling everyone. Um, well, yeah. So, but so I was going to ask you about. I think. Um, I think before we were talking, but as we were like kind of planning, and um, you mentioned that there's a language that may not have recursion. Is that right? 
Well, so Chomsky kind of developed this idea of universal grammar is the idea that like all like all languages have certain properties. Um, and it's kind of contested, like, you know, whether that's like, it's, it's a pretty controversial idea, you know, like um, that you can say that all languages have these specific properties, but one of the suggested properties is recursion. Um, and it appears that um, there might be a language that doesn't have recursion. It's a language called Piraha. Um, it's spoken, I believe, in the Amazon. Um, it's a very interesting language. It's fa fascinating, but it seems to be it seems to be a, uh, to be that Piraha doesn't have recursion, um, or at least not in the way that we that we currently understand recursion to be or define it to be. So, I mean, that's it's an interesting concept. The idea that you have a language that can't do this whole addition. Um, you know, this whole adding, you know, different parts of speech until you create a more and more complex sentence. But you can only do this to, a, to an extent, though. I mean, you can say Mary told John that, and then, you know, go on for like five different, um, you know, five different people. But eventually you start to forget who the first person was. And so there's a bit of like, of a cognitive limit. Yeah, here. see, that's the fun thing about computers is that like they can remember things forever. Like if you say just like to give them a long like you know like if you tell them to recurse like you know a thousand times whatever like ten thousand times like they're just like that's chill as long as it's not infinite times. Got a pretty powerful CPU. I got you. I'm gonna remember everything. I've got all the memory for that. So you know computers might be superior. I mean humans. I mean wait, <laughs> we got it. All this in the robot episode after all, but um. I have to say, when it comes to recursion algorithms, I think computers um, have a capability to do them a lot um, in a lot deeper level, like a lot more layers and more sophisticated than we do in our in our own language and our own thought processes, probably, which kind of well, makes sense because they're computers. Well, but. yeah, but we can also like you know you can think about writing this out. Like you could write out an entire like a hundred different like times like. John told Mary that blah 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 blah. Like you know, go on for like a hundred times. You could write that out. Oh, oh you couldn't dear. Tell oh. Some, you you oh, couldn't oh, no. tell someone please, this. Please don't. Yeah, <laughs> I won't. But you can, you can, you can, you can imagine that you can, you can do something like that. You can't tell someone that and expect them to actually remember the the entire string of like connections. Um, but the idea behind recursion, I think that's really cool. Is you start up with something and you you don't just build on on top of that you use that you know thing to build the next bigger thing it's like building blocks that you constantly reuse that's interesting because i think that the conceptual way that i've always thought about it is not by building things up but rather by breaking things down um, and i want to quickly before our 20 minutes are up just bring up another application to biology really quick if that's okay of course um so another one that's cool is multiple sequence alignment and that's basically if you have multiple DNA sequences that you have sequenced and then you know what they are and you want to compare them for, you know, just to see genetic diversity or whatever, and you want to see, okay, how do these line up with each other and where were things probably added or deleted or changed? Um, so we didn't break down that problem into smaller problems um, by basically trying to like align things one at a time and then seeing, well, where would the gaps potentially be? And then for each gap, you know, you, you kind of start getting a tree going on of like all these different possibilities, but, um, yeah, that was another cool um, application of recursion we learned in our um, computational biology class where you basically align two sequences to see whether or not they match and whether there's a gap. 
and then you remember all the possibilities and then you basically just trace the path back up um which is really cool and i want to bring that up before we end because it's cool well that's really that's really interesting i i I, i'd never heard of this dna sequencing technique and Neither, I mean, neither, it's not a sequencing technique. It's like once you have the sequence, how do you match up two sequences that you think are related? You know, like like your gene for hemoglobin and like a pig gene for hemoglobin or something like that. Hmm. Well, that's right. Interesting. So it's really cool because, you know, it's a kind of a difficult problem to be like, if, if you just told me here's two sequences, figure out the best way for, to match them up and figure out where the gap should be and where the thing was probably substituted. It might be easy enough to see for like four or five nucleotides just by bare eye, but more complicated sequences than that. And it's like, you know, it seems almost impossible if you just look at it, but, you know, recursion's got that power. So recursion can help you break down your problems until you can face them one tiny piece at a time. Is that the moral of the story? Something like that? I mean, it sounds like it's pretty useful to, for, you know, for bioengineering, for, for, you know, I mean, multiple sequence larger. alignment is like super, super central to a lot of different things that people do with um, with analyzing DNA. I know so. there's a lot of I know there are a lot of repeated sequences within like DNA, a lot of junk, quote unquote, junk DNA. Is that what it's primarily used? Well, for? no, this wouldn't be as much like junk DNA. This would be more like you just have two sequences or, you know, multiple, like three, four. You have some number of sequences and probably you're going to be aligning sequences from like different animals that like encode the same thing. If that makes sense. Okay. Um, just anytime you think that couple sequences are like probably like related to each other, but you're just trying to figure out like how they're related, like strings where it's like, you know, you can kind of figure out how many letters of this word would I have to change to get that word. Right. Right. That kind of makes sense. Um, but that gets into like evolutionary distance and stuff. But the idea is it's useful to understand how you can change one string or how you can change one quote-unquote sentence or really a string of dna like a like a you know a piece of dna how do i change that sequence of dna and like what's the closest way to get it to like another sequence kind of Hmm. but well thank you for you know thank you for talking talking about bioengineering and and it was interesting chatting about recursion and where it pops up you know it seems like you can you can talk about recursion in many different contexts yeah, it does seem to pop up everywhere. Hmm. So. Okay. All right, we'll sign off now, huh? Okay, see ya.